What if I told you that by looking at your finances and seeing how those line up with your values can really make you look at, are you living your authentic life? Are you doing what is aligned with your true self? Today, I sit down and talk with Daniel Wren, financial advisor, and he works with physicians. And he brings up an excellent point. What are your values? Welcome to another episode of The Worthy Physician. I'm your host, Dr. Sapna Shah Hawk, combating physician burnout to reignite your passion for medicine. So, Daniel, please introduce yourself. Yeah, so I am a, I guess the bulk of my work is a financial planner for physician families. We do one-on-one in my planning firm help and really ultimately help them use money as a tool to live their best life. And then I also host a podcast called Finance for Physicians, where we help basically teach the same principles, but it's more into larger groups and ultimately teaching them some of these principles we learn in our one-on-one work with families on how to use money as a tool, not to get like rich, but to live a better life ultimately. And what I was saying before, helping people use money as a tool to live better lives. So the live better lives part doesn't directly happen just by gaining financial literacy or earning more money. And so you got to peel back the layers on that. And that's really our focus and what makes us a little bit different than a lot of these financial people out there talking about money is that we really put a big focus on understanding what that looks like for people. What is your... So you have to do... That's not as easy either. And I think the financial literacy, like the academic part, especially for physicians, that's pretty straightforward stuff. Like you guys are super learners. Like you can learn super fast. You can digest books. You've gone through lots of training and personal finance. There's a series of things you can dig into and learn the basics of that. And you're completely capable of that. Then you get into the whole living a better life part. And that's where it gets a little tricky and is really becomes, becomes personal. So where I would start there, It's about really peeling back the layers on what is most important to you or what is your purpose or why are you doing the things you do? That's not quite as easy. It's like you got to use a different part of your brain, but I think is the most important aspect far and away of what we do and how we manage our resources. If you're not aware of that aspect or you're not consistently in touch with it and reviewing it or reminding yourself even... You're way more susceptible. We were talking about before we started recording, you're way more susceptible to things like the world's pull on you and you're going to pull towards like these worldly values. And it's unlikely that those are in alignment with your values. You're right. And so we're going to ask the physician to say, hey, let's take a minute. And even during this podcast to say, what's important to you? And that's not really a question that we ask ourselves that because... We're so goal-driven on seeing the number of patients we need to see in the day that are on our schedule, the double books and triple books, and then also getting our notes done, hopefully in a timely fashion. We really have to take a pause and that's a hard, sometimes that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. And the the first thing is taking a pause. That's actually pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah, it (laughs) is. Because like I was thinking about this the other day, I didn't have my cell phone with me. So for a second, I was bored. And the first thing that this instant it pops into my head, I was like, where's my cell phone? Is like the solution to the board. Um, everybody, I think, is prone to that. It's so hard. There's all these shiny objects and things that keep us 
busy all day, every day. And I honestly, I've had periods of time where I just haven't had a minute. And I think most people don't even have the space to even stop for a second and start to think like this. I think awareness is key. When you allow that space in your life, you start to think critically or purpose driven, like what's most important, my why. That's when these kinds of things really start to crop up. Like what is most important in my life? I would say my children is top. There's a few things, but like my children for sure is one of them. And the reason this is a good reason to bring it up is because what is going back to your question is we need the time to figure out what's important to us. And the truth is we have the time at, we can carve out the time. It's put down the cell phone, get out a piece of paper, write down what's important to you. Yeah. Could be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be. There's a bunch of different exercises. You can Google exercises like, how do I figure out what's most important or like values exercises or whatever. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to do it. But sometimes it's just as simple as being like, take a minute to explore what's truly most important. And then once the physician has found out what's important to them, whether it be family, retiring early, having options is definitely Freedom. something. Exactly. Then what happens next? I think so naturally what happens, that's step one really in my mind is like you start to identify them. Typically what will happen next is you're going to start to say, okay, how do I live those out? What I would say to do before you go into the how part is I think it's worthwhile to peel each of those back a little bit. So like when you start to identify like what's most important, it's like a brainstorming exercise. So let's say you get five or six big things. You're like family, being a good physician or taking care of patients or whatever five or six things you identify. I think before you get into like execution mode, so like naturally people jump right into doing, but like before you get into that, peel back the layers on it. Say which of those is most important of the five that I've just identified. And then when you identify which of those is most important in priority order, go through each of them, start to describe to yourself what that actually means in your life. To put a little context around it and then taking it a little bit further for each of them, go through some examples of behaviors that would embody that particular value for you. And so what happens if you go, I love going through that sort of exercise because what oftentimes happens when I do it and I'm with other people I've heard is this, you start to look at the behaviors. That's when you, it clicks in your head. You're like, it, I'm having a hard time. Like you start to feel this cognitive dissonance going on. You're like, I'm saying family's most important and I'm starting to identify the behaviors, but I don't have a lot of them. I don't, I'm not even sure what that looks like. And that's normal is you start to realize maybe there's some disconnect here with what I'm starting to write out because one of my favorite quotes is here. Don't tell me what's most important. Show me your calendar and checkbook and I'll tell you what's most important. And really what happens is when we start to become aware of these things, we often realize that there's conflict between what we say is most important and what we're actually doing. And that's what we want. We want to identify that like front and center. And then once, you know, you've gotten to that point, then it's about just sometimes that in itself naturally like starts to pull you back to some people, once they see that they're not dedicating time and resources to the thing, like their family, that's most important that in itself will really pull them back that direction. For others, you take some concrete actions. Like I need to do this. I need to say yes to this. I need to say no to that to start pulling back the right direction. That's absolutely an excellent exercise because it shows, okay, like you said, are my actions aligning with what I say my values are? 
And so with working with you and your company, how does that translate into investing and creating what that looks like for the physician? And I'll tie this back to the business part is in medicine, it's in an interesting time. And I don't mean interesting in necessarily a good way. We all know that insurance uh, reimbursement is going down and overhead keeps going up. So the reason why I would go back to this is also not only do not only is it important to understand the business side, but also it's also important to understand that we also need to invest in ourselves. Yep. And right. we need to pay ourselves first. And this is one way to pay ourselves first. Yeah. Yeah. And and the system, like traditional healthcare, does definitely does not have our values front and center. <laughs> That's important to see too. It's like they're not looking out for us. They're trying to make a dollar. That's just the way it is. Like that's the kind of things I was saying at the beginning. If we're not like intentionally taking the time to go through this, like you're going to have some serious influences, likely negative, pulling you away from those that can cause some major problems. We regularly see families, of course, in, in medicine today, like a lot of the families we work in, we're working with one-on-one. The physicians are just frustrated with work, like you're really fried, whatever you want to call it, burnout, or moral injury. They're just, they just are getting to a point of hating their work almost. And that's discouraging to see. But a lot of times when you peel back the layers on that, it's a conflict of values. It's because they're not doing medicine the way they had envisioned doing it, which is really basically like it's a conflict of their values. And so that's a good example of what we're going to try to sometimes it's hard to self-identify, but as a financial planner, I'm going to try to shine the light on that in a, to help them self discover the fact that their their work is in complete conflict with what they would say is most important to them. And that looks different for different people, but maybe it's like it's taking so much of their time that they don't have any time to spend on things that are most important. Maybe it's that they're not investing in them in themselves. Maybe it's that the system is causing them to spend five minutes with every patient and they deep down that that's not best for the patients. Maybe it's that the insurance world and the hospital system has bogged them down so much to where they don't even have any control or safety. And that's, and then they bring up problems and it's like, they, those don't get, they're like, yeah, yeah, but nothing gets changed. Those are all like potential examples of what that conflict looks like. It's difficult to address those, but the first step is like awareness of them in the first place. Like I was saying before, and this is just an example of that. Once you start to see that and you're like, yeah, I am working too much, or this work I'm doing is in conflict with how I would like to see things. Then you start to say, maybe I can make some, what kind of changes could I make to better align with that? And that's where it's at. You want to go there. And what is it like when you see that light bulb moment for, for your clients? I love it when they get there. It's like the motivation, just, it's like the hope and the motivation explode. Cause A lot of times when they're in the trenches of work sucks, the hope is gone and the motivation is gone. It's kind of like cog in the wheel, like my. And what's interesting about their finances, a lot of times I see one of my first signals that they're like frustrated, particularly at work, is that they're really focused on becoming financially independent or retiring early. Or you've probably heard the acronym FIRE. Like that's always a good warning sign. Or maybe that they're focused on side gigs or passive income or whatever. That's not always the case, but oftentimes that's a, like a warning sign. There's some problems with my current profession because I'm trying to look for other things. And so that, that kind of sets off the alarm bells. A lot of times what happens is once they realize that it's 
they could potentially change that while still being in practice or whatever brings that hope back and that that's that motivation. And that's, it's like game over when they, when you get really motivated again, it's like they can really make a lot of progress really quick. And it's fun to watch. It's not easy. It's not like it doesn't eliminate the stress, but it gets rid of a lot. To me, burnout is like unsolvable almost. It's like a lot of physicians we work with that are in that situation. It's like, they can't really solve it other than to get away from it for a little while. And that's still depressing because it's like, I got to go back to it eventually. But when they see a new light, it's it's just, it's pretty motivational to, to see that you can get past that. Yeah. A lot of times when you put things down on paper and you start mapping it out or you start making this matrix of I'm here, this is what's important to me. And this is how I get there. That roadmap is exactly that. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And it's because when you, it's alignment with your values, you're, you're going to, it's basically what I was saying at the very beginning. It's like you start to connect the using your money part with the better life part. And everybody wants to move that direction. It's just sometimes difficult to get from one place to the other. But when you start to see the light of that better life, that's where we all want to go. And so what would you tell the listener? I think the first step is to really look at what their goals are, but even with a, as a financial planner, you, could you help them identify what that might look like if it's great to them? Yeah. It's a series. We try to help people self-discover. Typically for us, it's like a series of questions. You can ask the same, you can do questions to yourself and do the same sort of thing. But I think what's most important is always a good starting point because that really hits the biggies before you even get into goals. Like ideally your goals are driven by your values. Cause a lot of times it's interesting in financial planning, like the art training, they typically teach you like on the front end to ask about goals first. And that's pretty good because you want to have a good handle on your goals. And that's going to be what you do with your money is to align with those. But the problem that you see sometimes is if you just start with goals, it's like, Almost everybody, if I were to ask just in the first few meetings, what's what's your goal for the future? They're going to say the pretty, pretty similar goals. Like it's retiring at some age and I want to have some vacations and maybe pay for my kid's education and whatever. And those are okay. But I think you got to get back to that, those values. Like, why do you want to retire early or what's the reason for wanting to make this goal. And so that's why I say, I think values are best to start with. And then from that flows the goals. And then you start to tie in all your decision-making, like your numbers, like where the money goes, how you decide on things to all that. And that's ultimately the goal. I really appreciate you highlighting the importance of that because I've sat down with my financial planner. He's great. And I, I don't remember the... I don't remember the first question being, what are your, what's important to you? It definitely, I think it was about the goals and just the way that you're describing what's important to you and you're breaking it down in which that's so important. And so it's I, such a common hangup, I think, for physicians in particular. Like we have a lot of, I am shocked at how many people are like stuck in life or they feel like the hope and the motivation. They're not they lost the hope, at least professionally speaking. And I think it ultimately ties back to the fact that there's not a lot of clarity on what's most important. 
or they've lost touch with it, at least in their professional world. All the above. But then also going back to what's important to you and then just that roadmap is such a relief because it also provides options in order to start living what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. It's, I'm sure you've heard of a lot of physicians end up spending too much on their houses. That's a common mistake that, that people talk about, or we come across and it's not even, I think where people go wrong is not actually the house. When you buy a nice house, I don't think that in itself is just a bad decision necessarily. It really depends on you. And so the problem happens when you've said, or if I asked you or you thought about it, if you've said that my family is most important, my work and having an enjoyable environment where I can really take care of my patients is really important too. And traveling is most important. If you've identified things like that, and then you go spend a large amount of money on a house that kind of takes up most of your resources. And then it causes you not to be able to do the big three things you've just said are most important. That's where the problem happens. So that it's not like buying a house is a mistake. Everybody's like, yeah, physicians spend too much money on houses. Maybe not. It's, I don't think it's more, there's more to it than that. It's more about what have you, what have your actions, what actions are in alignment with those values. And if there's a conflict, that's a problem. Another part of that housing thing is we're very prone to lawsuits. And one of the things that I believe it depends on the state that you're in, but one thing that is off limits typically is, is the homestead. And that's not necessarily a good investment, but it makes sense on some, depending on the profession, the legality. Yeah. And another thing, I think of the most underutilized part of, if we want to talk about lawsuits, I think one of the problems in healthcare for physicians that's not really talked about with lawsuits is the fact that you don't have good relationships with your patients on average. I'm talking about the averages. If you don't have enough time to develop a relationship with your patient, like that's a problem in itself. To me, that's the biggest malpractice risk that there is for a physician is not being tight with your patients. Because you look at the statistics, like people that trust you and know you have a good relationship with you, it's way lower chances of lawsuits. And also it helps you provide better care. So the problem in healthcare now is everybody's getting squeezed so much to where there's not even enough time to spend with your patients to develop the relationship to to provide the best care possible. And that's making that even worse. I'd have to agree. I would have to agree. Again, with the with the overhead going up and the reimbursement going down, it to keep the doors open, more than likely solo practice practitioners, but you have to see more patients in order to keep the same bottom line. And it's not about the money, it's about honestly, we go into medical school, incur hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, put our life on hold for over a decade mm-hmm. post high school graduation in order to heal. Yeah, and that's a huge commitment. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would do it all over again if I had to. There are some days where I would get up and i say, what did I do? But nine times out of 10, I would choose the same profession. It's crazy, yeah. but I love it. It's the interesting part about it is it's, and that's how most physicians I've interacted with describe it similarly to you, which to me as a like patient or whatever, I, that reassures me to some extent that, you know, not everybody's just going to peace out on the profession. But I think, I don't think the physicians are the problem at all, like, they need to just become more the solution. Like, I think the problem is more the system, like health hospitals and insurance companies and all the way all that's done. And I think physicians themselves are the solution and they're because they're the passion in it. Like they're not the money in it. Like the money always seems to mess things up. It's follow the money and you can find the problems. Physicians though, I think 
are the solution and can be the solution. It just, but I think the more like going back to what we were saying earlier, I think one other thing that I've opened my mind up to this even further, like the more you even look at it, like your values at work, not just like in your own world, the better position you're going to be to make a difference. Because when you can start to really look at the, if you're working in a hospital system, like how are they in alignment with my values and why are they in misalignment? I did a show on my podcast with Tom Campanella is his name, but he's a healthcare economist is what I would describe him as. And it was super interesting because of all the economic factors that are driving a lot of these problems. And I think a lot of people are just not aware of them. You're absolutely right. Follow the money, you'll follow, you'll find the problem. That's not the physician's. What I would challenge a physician to do that's listening or even the other professionals within the healthcare system is to lead from where you're at. Did a series with Ron and Kinsey and lead where you're at. We have, but focusing on physicians, we're natural problem solvers. And if you're in a situation or a work environment where you cannot voice your concerns and bring a solution, then plan an exit strategy because your lifetime within that organization is not going to be very long. Or if it is, it's going to take its toll on you mentally, physically, which will also hurt your bottom line if you're not there to perform your job. Yeah. I think that's a huge signal. If there's problems, first of all, they need to listen. If you have a voice, you can share your concerns of the problems. That's a good start. But I, there's some organizations that will listen to you, but then do nothing about it. And so there's still, there has to be some action on the part of the organization to address some of these problems that you have. And otherwise, yeah, I think that's a recipe for burnout disaster. If that's incredibly frustrating when you know what the problems are and you know how to solve them and you tell the people that are responsible how to do it and then nothing changes, that's just incredibly frustrating. But it's a reality for many and a big reason why maybe they come to you looking for ways to retire early or extra income. But then coming full circle with this conversation is if they're writing out their list and they're saying family's important, might getting back to certain hobbies or having more free time and they're over here working in a toxic environment that those are two opposite ends of the spectrum. Something, yep. something that needs to change. So bringing that full circle is what we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Something's got to give. And, but it. so the whole process we've talked through is really important because it's really difficult to make the changes oftentimes necessary. For example, go into your system, hospital system and being like, listen, I'm done with 80 hours a week or whatever. Or like, I need to, we need to put some, <clears throat> we need to discuss the arrangement and make some adjustments in order to basically provide you more balance in life. That is not an easy discussion. It costs, first of all, because it's awkward. Second of all, it costs you money. It's going to hurt your income. And third of all, like the hospital typically doesn't want you to do it because that means they're going to have to find somebody else, which costs them a bunch of money. And so there's all these like big, huge factors going against you. And having that conversation. So you have to go in all in ready. And I think a lot of times the only way to do that is to have some like serious ammo behind you, which is your values. What more important could you have behind you than your own values? For me, that's number one. 
because I have to be able to look at myself in the mirror. And if I can't look at myself in the mirror because of the choices I make on a daily basis, and for me, there's no integrity. Yeah. And those are the, some of the things we've talked about are the, some of the biggies, job decisions and house decisions. Those are the big decisions, but there's also a million little decisions too that happen along the way that are either for or against your values. And you have to be, I think it helps to be more aware of them because you're going to be less prone to, to slippage there. But you can talk, you can think even as little as a family vacation or something or deciding how to navigate it. It's more of the awareness, I think, that has really helped me. No, it, it just, these things seem so simple, but the most simple things are a lot of times the hardest to do because mm-hmm. we get caught up in a facade or a whirlwind of life. Yeah. So if the listener wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way? If you were interested in one-on-one help, you can check out our planning business. That's renfinancial.com. And there's, you can find out how to reach us or contact us or schedule meetings or whatever on that. And then if you're interested more in like educating yourself, um, check out the podcast, which is financeforphysicians.co. And I've heard episodes, not only the one that I was on, but I've also, I've heard a lot of episodes and I think it's very concise to the point and just little pearls that will really change the way we think about things. So I do encourage, absolutely. I do encourage a listener to go and check out his episodes. And if you want to learn more about what we're talking about and just other things, it's a good resource. Fill your time, fill your commute with with a podcast that is going to educate you on things we don't talk about in medical school. And Daniel, what is one last pearl you would like to leave our listeners? I think one of the best things to take away from this is having a little tiny, small step. So with finance and financial planning and some of the stuff we've talked about, it feels intimidating. It can feel intimidating, especially on the front end or even financial literacy or educating yourself. Like all that stuff is like, sounds cool, but it feels intimidating when you start to get into it. So I would challenge everybody, like think of it not as such a big monster project, which is tempting, especially for physicians. Cause y'all are like doers. It's like, we're going to tackle this. So try not to start too big on it and Focus on the little tiny step, like one little baby step of action in the direction of whatever you feel like. If you need to improve on financial literacy or if you need to have a plan or whatever, figure out the smallest step possible that you can take and put a timeline on that and get that done. And it needs to be something you for sure can get done. Because the key is it's like we got, hopefully all of us have quite a long time left in our lives. And the key though is taking these baby steps that amount to big things. I appreciate you putting that in context. And Daniel, thank you so much for your time. I, as always, I really appreciate your wisdom. Oh yeah, it's been fun talking. I enjoy our conversations. Share it with a friend. Go to theworthyphysician.com, sign up for the email, and stay tuned to what's coming up next. We can all use a little bit of camaraderie combating burnout.